0: My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 197 of The Kate Show. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a professional client workflow that can be automated just as much as your window treatments, you need HoneyBook. You can use code SOCIALITE for 50% off your first year. Go to share.honeybook.com forward slash SOCIALITE and use the code SOCIALITE. You will save literally hundreds of dollars I switched from Debesato to Honeybook and it's been amazing. It's such a beautiful experience for me, and then it's also a beautiful experience for my clients. So I love that. I know that a lot of you out there are like, how can I make my client process more professional, more automated? and really just up my confidence in that department. Well, HoneyBook is really where it's at. They also have an app that you can use. It makes little cha-ching noise every time you get paid. I have not started using the app yet. I don't really need to use it, but I've heard that people absolutely love that funny little feature. So I don't know. They just really thought of all the details. So go check out HoneyBook and use code socialite for 50% off your first year. Alright guys, so today I am talking about the five reasons your home industry brand should be more than just a logo. Let me be clear about something here. Branding is not just having a logo. I used to think, I used to have thought that a logo was the core of having a brand and I didn't realize until years into running a business that the logo was just the icing on the cake. If you've ever worked with a branding professional, you know about the lengthy, in-depth process you go through for a graphic designer to understand your brand, and the logo, while obviously it's the most exciting part of the branding process, it's actually one of the last things to be created, and for good reason. Now, if you aren't sure who your ideal client is, or if you're unclear as to what makes you unique amongst your peers who might offer the same services you do, you don't quite have a brand yet. You might have a logo, you might have a business name, but those things do not constitute a brand. Today on the show, I'm walking you through a branding checklist that will help you determine whether you have a brand or just a logo. I'll give you action items with each step, and as a result, you will be fully prepared to bring your new brand into the world or run to your nearest graphic designer because your old logo no longer aligns. Wink, wink. Once you understand your own brand, you're going to find marketing is so much easier, It is really difficult to market a business if you don't know the heart of the business and if you don't know the ideal client that business serves. And these things do come over time. So if you're like, oh, I feel like I'm going backwards in this whole process of running a business, you're not. You're learning, you're growing. The only way you would be moving backwards is if you knew there was a problem and didn't fix it. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, I also want to say that this episode is brought to you by Care Of. Now, I personally use Care of prenatal vitamins because they have an anti nausea design, which is super important, let me tell you. <laughs> I can't handle the capsules anymore. And they also contain vitamins and minerals from real plant sources. Even if you aren't pregnant, you can use Care of's handy quiz to find the gaps in your nutrition and fill them right away. So, this is perfect for men and women and pregnant or not pregnant. Care Of is a monthly subscription you can start or end anytime, and I love that their products are incredibly affordable while remaining high quality. To take their quiz and discover how you can better take care of your body, you can go to TakeCareOf.com if you'd like to use my special link. Feel free. It's in the show notes of this episode. All right, guys, let's get into today's topic. Five Reasons Your Home Industry Brand Should Be More Than Just a Logo. On a personal level, many of us know exactly who we are, but on a professional level, all assurance and confidence tends to fly out the window. The idea of pitching ourselves to anyone, including our own bathroom mirror, makes us feel absolutely gross. Now, if you feel gross about discussing your business with another human who might potentially hire you, that's a clear sign that your brand is still forthcoming. When you have a solid brand around your business, you'll no longer feel icky about sharing who you are and who you serve. You'll no longer feel like you have a half-baked sales pitch that no one, including you, believes. In fact, when you have a well-thought brand, you won't have to pitch anything at all. (laughs) Why is that? Well, simply put, a good brand is the messaging from one human to another in which the first human is offering to help solve the second human's problem. There's nothing gross or off-putting about offering to help someone, right? Showing that you are perfectly capable of both understanding a certain pain point and putting your client at ease during the entire resolution process is the hallmark of a well-branded business. We don't do sales pitches. We offer to help. But how do you get to this point? Well, let's talk about it. The first step is to know yourself. Before you can identify your ideal client and create a specific suite of services or products to help them, you have to first know who you are. You started your business so that you could provide an income for yourself. Nothing wrong with that. But the financial factor aside, you need to ask yourself a few specific questions. So I actually have a list of five questions for you. If you are able to write down your answers right now, perfect. But otherwise, make sure you come back to this point in the episode or just go to the show notes of this episode because these questions are going to bring you a lot of clarity. The first question is, why do I enjoy offering this service? The second question is, what aspect of this service am I especially good at? These two things get at, number one, your passion for what you do, and then number two, your expertise. Number three, when I see this service being offered poorly or incorrectly, how do I feel and why? I mean, I can speak to this personally. When I see someone teaching a marketing method that I know does not work, and I know they're only trying to teach it because they want to sell services around it and it ends up being a waste of money for their clients. Oh my goodness, there are a few things in my professional life that would upset me more than that. Like that gets me so fired up. But that's because I, I believe in doing things that work. And as you guys have heard on the podcast before, I have dropped services from my agency when I've realized, hey, you know what? At least for my specific niche that I am working in here in the home industry this doesn't work, it doesn't serve my clients well, then I just stop offering it. Number four, what is the biggest, most meaningful compliment someone could give me about my work? So is it really about, oh, wow, this space is so pretty or feels so organized? Or is it, oh my goodness, you just saved my life. You just took all my stress and my overwhelm and like threw it in the garbage. I don't know how you did that. You are a miracle worker. Does that mean something to you? I bet it does. Number five, am I formal and professional or am I casual and comfortable in my daily work and personal interactions? There's nothing wrong with being either of these. There's nothing wrong with being a little bit of both, but you're gonna be one a little bit more than the other and you just need to recognize what that is. Your short answers to these questions indicate your core values, your passions, your strengths. And while you could take an entire class on core values alone, you can use your answers to these questions as a place to get started. So that was the first step, knowing yourself. The next step is knowing your ideal client. So aside from nailing down a geographic area and a baseline budget for your ideal client, you also need to figure out their other details, such as what specific pain point drives them to hire someone for the service that you provide. So if you offer more than one service, hopefully you're not offering more than three services, and I'll get to that later, write down the motivating pain point for each service that you offer. For example, if you offer full-service interior design, is it really that people just want better homes? Because they could get that in a number of ways. Maybe the real pain point to them is their home is so dysfunctional, and they feel dysfunctional too because... They can't pull it all together. So maybe the service you're selling isn't exactly interior design, but it's the mental organization and planning and strategy that comes along with that. It's really important that you know why people would want to hire you for that specific service. The second thing you need to look at is how do your clients make buying decisions on purchases of over five grand? Now, they might rely on positive reviews from their friends, They might look solely at positive reviews from strangers on the internet. The higher the dollar amount, the more proof and reassurance they'll need before committing. They'll want to know you're well-versed in their particular situation, and that you have a well-thought strategy for solving it. Figure out where and how your ideal client receives this assurance. In the higher-end home industry, this assurance is most often found in word-of-mouth referrals from friends and family and from your own website. Your illustrious, or maybe not so illustrious, Instagram posts have little to do with their decision, okay? Number three, what is your ideal client's emotional and mental state when they initially contact you? Are they determined or are they panicked? Are they in research phase or decision-making phase? It's important to know where most people tend to be. Do you want to be attracting panicked people who are just researching, feeling you out, shopping around? Not really, but do you want someone who's determined and ready to make a decision? Well, you need to make sure your marketing is attracting that type of person. The fourth thing to figure out is what factors of the project are most important to your client? Now, some people will worry that their lives will be disrupted if their house is remodeled or organized or whatever. Other people don't care about the inconvenience you create as long as the job is done well. And others are concerned the project won't turn out to their liking. So you have to address these concerns repeatedly throughout your website especially. You can also talk about it in other places in your marketing. The fifth thing you need to figure out is what are your ideal client's overarching priorities? Career, family, travel, hosting, whatever it might be, their priorities should be ranked in order of importance. Your services should align with their top two priorities. So if their top priority is career and family, for example, you'll have to figure out, well, if their career is top of mind for them, are they working from home? Do they need a better home office? Should I create a service specific to that? Or if their top priority is family, what ages do their kids normally tend to be? Do they have pets? What does their daily family life look like? How can I construct a service? That really caters to their needs versus just saying, oh, I'm offering full service design or full service organizing or um, elite home staging when I'm not really paying attention to why I might need to add some nuance to that service to make it a really good fit for this particular ideal client. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by your website. Wait, what? Is this right? Yes. Your website emailed The Kate Show and did it by itself by the way, okay, and like asked me to tell you something. Your website said it really needs a tune-up, maybe even a complete makeover. It feels bad that it can't send you more clients and it wants to make it right with you. Oh, poor website. Seriously though, if you're ready for your website to make you look professional and attract the right clients, you need to take action. Go to katethesocialite.com to check out our beautiful website templates, They're really easy to customize and we even tell you exactly what you should say on each page of your website so that you can start speaking directly to your ideal client while also having better SEO. Go to katethesocialite.com to pick the website design that's right for you. The third thing in the branding process and that is knowing your services. So as I alluded to earlier, you should offer no more than three services in your business. Offering too many services is going to really complicate your marketing, and it will start confusing your potential clients. Confusion does not lead to sales. Each service you offer should be clearly defined, it should align with your ideal client's needs and priorities, and one of those services should be considered your hallmark or flagship offering, the primary thing you want to be known for doing. To determine your triad of services or your duo of services, you just have to ask yourself a few more questions. Lots of questions today. The first one is, of all the services I'm currently offering or hope to offer, which one is the most sustainable and the most profitable? Usually, these are the services that require less hands-on from you. They might involve selling products or require fewer clients because they tend to result in larger projects. Now, when I say selling products, I do mean trade products. You're not going to make much on retail products at all, if anything at all, Um, but trade products are where it's at. The second thing you'll need to ask yourself is which of my services has high overhead or requires an excessive amount of time from me personally? Trading hours for dollars too frequently will keep you stuck at a certain growth level and unable to scale unless you expand your team and also raise your prices. And a lot of that also involves raising your overhead. So are you really any further ahead? Sometimes not really. The third thing you'll need to ask yourself is which service is easiest for me to talk about and makes me the most excited. This should be your primary service offering, and you should strive to become an expert in that field. If you're already an expert, make sure your service description and overall web presence reflect the emphasis you've placed on this service, This service should be the most well-thought, the most explained, and should be the one that aligns with the topic of your lead magnet, the majority of your blog posts, and most of your email newsletters. You should be talking about this topic all the time in many different ways. The fourth thing in the branding process is knowing your visuals. Now, often entrepreneurs will name their business before knowing themselves before knowing their ideal client, and even before knowing their signature service. This often results in trashing the original business name, logo, and other brand assets because they just don't fit. And while this can feel like a step backwards, it is a sign of progress, like I said earlier. So don't try to force your newly discovered brand into the mold of your old brand. If your business name no longer makes sense, change it. If your logo feels too childish or too stuffy, speak with a graphic designer your business name and logo should appeal to your ideal client not necessarily to you the fifth step in the branding process is knowing your messaging if your past social media blog or newsletter content doesn't align with your new brand delete what you can keep what you can and start fresh otherwise you'll be attracting the wrong type of client or no client at all as i said earlier the topic of your lead magnet The majority of your blog posts and most of your email newsletters and social media should be aligned with your flagship service offering and the pain point your ideal client faces. In any part of your marketing, you could do a lot of different things for your flagship service, and now I'm going to give you actual content ideas. You could describe the pain point in detail and explain how your service solves it. You could address the FAQs you receive or anticipate receiving. You could eradicate myths around the service you offer. I mean, seriously, just Google myths about your service, like myths about interior design or myths about home staging, and just start ripping those myths apart. You could tell a real client story, complete with photos. You could share your insight on a nuanced area of the project, such as why you feel that one product or material is better than the other, or how you determine what's best for your client. If you struggle with what to say in your marketing, always go back to your passion, your flagship service, and your ideal client, where those Three things intersect is where you're going to find the most successful content ideas that will remain entirely on-brand for your business. Your brand is not your logo, it's your message. For example, I'm going to use my own business to illustrate this. Socialite is built on the belief that marketing should be simple and effective, not costly and questionably ineffective. Because of this, our triad of services, website design, content marketing, and the template shop, all focus on simplicity and effectiveness. From the easy way our clients create customized content with us to the simple process we take them through for onboarding any of our services, the hallmark of our brand remains consistent. We also have a huge problem with marketing myths and trying things just because everyone else is doing it, quote unquote. And because of this, we've dropped some services from our agency and we have hyper-focused on the services that have proven to deliver the most value to our clients. Every service we offer is tailored to the specific needs of an entrepreneur in the home industry who has a team of 15 or fewer full-time team members, and we act as their on-staff marketer or we partner with their current on-staff marketer to make their job, again, simpler and more effective. You will keep seeing that come up. Why? Well, it costs the business owner far less to outsource the work and the strategy to us than it does to burden their full-time employee with creating things that we've just already created for them. Often the employee will run with our content, which is great. If the business owner has no employees, then they're going to look to us for implementation as well as creation, and that's great as well. Again, we keep the thread of easy, simplicity, effectiveness consistent in everything we do. We want our clients, customers, and members to feel that working with us is a breath of fresh air. And I'm pleased to say that's the type of response we receive on a regular basis. And it's no accident. Branding is intentional. It's a crap ton of work. And it's an absolute requirement if you are ready to grow your business more quickly. Now, if you do need help growing your business, if you need help getting your brand message out there, we have a few resources for you. You may have heard me mention Jula Paper before. She is an amazing graphic designer. We send all our branding clients to her, and you can find her at julapaper.co. Now, if you need help with email content, blog content, if you need a custom website, if you need a template website, that is where you'll want to work with us. So you can go to socialitevault.com or katethesocialite.com. But guys, there is no reason why you cannot have a stellar brand Even if your logo happens to be DIY right now, even if you feel like you're moving backwards, you're not. This is called growth. If you want to take your business to the next level, you have to make sure your business is adapting as needed. Now, of course, this doesn't mean you should rebrand every year. That's a problem. That's a warning sign in a business. But if you find you have to rebrand once, then that's okay. Make yourself more and more aligned with your ideal client. Be very clear on who you are who your client is and what you do, because that is why they say niche is rich and I can attest to it. All right, guys, that is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week because we have got so much more good content headed your way. Thanks for listening. Visit us at the com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.